Knowing what you believe and why you believe it lies at the very heart of Christian experience, worship, and everyday living. The Bible's not about you. You're not David. Trouble in life is not Goliath. Jesus is going to be David in the shadow. Goliath is going to be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, and it doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner. Like, He's going to kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I, with body and soul, life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The gospel is that God the Son freely agreed to die our death for us, to suffer our deserved condemnation and doom in our place. And he didn't just agree from eternity to do it, he actually did it. It is fatal, fatal for us to think that we can ever move on from the gospel. The great problem in the evangelical church today where the scripture is concerned is not the inerrancy of the Bible. The great problem in the evangelical church today is the sufficiency of scripture. We don't think it's sufficient to do what we have to do. So we have to wake up what's happening and recognize that the problem really is our lack of theology. Hi and welcome to Theology Gals. I am Colleen Sharp and my co-host is Angela Whitehorn. And uh, Angela, I haven't even told you about this, but my son's friend has a company he started he's he's quite the go-getter he started a company that makes tea okay like different kinds of uh like he he puts a bunch of them you know different i guess herbs together to make like tea blends and yeah so i was and it's it's called Koala Tea Vibes. I'm going to go ahead and give him a shout out because, and you'll understand why in a second. So I wanted to order some of these teas. I I really like. I've actually kind of gone off uh, coffee, I, even though I haven't had. Ca- I don't drink caffeinated coffee, and I haven't been drinking much, even decaf coffee. But I'm doing more teas, and because I'm doing the whole food plant based diet right now. Anyways, so I ordered a couple of his blends and I said, now, can you make one with um, holy basil and peppermint? Cause he didn't have one on there like that. And I had had <laughs> one like that once and stuff. So it is, he made it the theology gals blend. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to try this. I love tea. I, I really, I still love coffee too. I drink coffee every day, but I also love tea. I, I love coffee too. And fortunately, if I have caffeine, um, I can have a tiny bit of caffeine. So every once in a while, I'll have like a half calf coffee mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or even less than than half but i have uh, atrial fibrillation with my heart and when i have mm. caffeine or anything anything like energy related yeah. it makes my heart kind of go crazy so oh yes not worth it not worth it <laughs> right but i just decided i don't really i'm i'm not like completely opposed to having coffee i will still have i will still have coffee you know sometimes but i just haven't been having too, too much coffee. Um, So I wanted to mention a a few things. There is a conference on suffering that is is coming up in March. If you're on the East Coast, it's in Freehold, New Jersey, although there's a hotel you can stay at if you'd like to 
travel to it. And Justin Peters is one of the main speakers, but I am actually speaking at one of the breakout sessions. So I wanted to to mention that. And then Frank Mullis from Striving for Eternity is also going to be speaking. And then I think a local pastor. And I will put information in the episode notes about that. And that conference is being put on by Striving for Eternity. Is that right? Right. It is. Yep. I'm excited. I really, uh, I would really like to go actually. Um, you're one of my favorite speakers. So <laughs> I I've never it. spoken at anything. <laughs> like I, told, I speak with you every week. <laughs> well, I told, I told Andrew when he asked me if I would do this, I said, well, I've never done anything like that. He said, you do it every week on the podcast. <laughs> he's right. He's right. And is Andrew going to be speaking as well? No, he's, he's not. Okay. Well, you, okay. So I'm going to be really transparent here and, and confess something. So speaking in front of a group of people is like a whole new thing for me. And I do think that podcasting has helped me. So I think I'll be okay. But I was a music major in college and I did a lot of performing. But I had such a problem with getting nervous. And that's one reason why I stopped actually performing because I really thought I would get over that. And I was much younger then. So I do think podcasting has made me or, or helped me to be more confident. Even when, when Ashley and I started with the podcast, I would get nervous just recording, even though it wasn't live. So, and now I'm, I'm like, okay, we're recording another podcast. So hopefully I won't get too nervous uh, doing this. You know, you know I, I do think that the dynamic where people can see you and you can see them, it does sort of change things. But I am excited. I think you're going to be great. And you're going to have a theology gals army behind you. And, um, you know, I'm thinking right now, too, don't we have a hundredth episode coming up? Uh, yeah, I wanted and- to mention this. I haven't, <laughs> even told, I haven't even told you and Ashley this. Now, Angela and Ashley know that what I want to do, and I probably shouldn't even say this on the podcast <laughs> yet. Get everyone's hopes know, up. <laughs> but it is my hope, and it might not be right at the 100th episode. we got to get our schedules aligned for the three of us. But I want to bring all, – all three of us are going to come back on for an episode. I really want to do a Facebook Live. That's, like, been my thing. Now, <laughs> all three – none – of us are real big on liking to do videos. I think, um, <laughs> you know, Angela's like got to get to the beauty shop and get my hair done. <laughs> I need to get my prom dress from the dry cleaner before we can do this. I know. Even me, I'm like, I got to get a haircut. I know. Before. I know. Facebook Live, got to get a haircut. <laughs> Ash is like, free. <laughs> yeah, Ashley's like, got to do my makeup that day. I mean, all three of us, and so yes. none of us are real big on on doing videos, but I just always thought it would be fun to do a Facebook live. So my hope is if I can figure out how to do it with us being in three different places and then broadcasting it live that we'll record it as a Facebook live. If I can't figure it out, we can definitely do it as a hangout and then we'll release it. And I think it would be fun. And this would be a good time to announce this. I think it would be a great time to do another question and answer episode. Oh, that does sound so fun. We love those. So call our phone number, which is in our episode notes and 
it would be even more fun. You can write in questions for us. They can be theological. If you want to ask um, something really silly, like what's your favorite ice cream, you can do that too. <laughs> but uh, if you want to ask some theological questions, maybe we'll mix it up with the three of us. Uh, call our number, leave a message on our voicemail because it'd be fun to play some of those voicemail. Even if it's just, we love you guys or yeah, I don't like you guys that much. We'll we'll play them all. (laughs) Say what you need to say. (laughs) Yeah. My wife makes me listen to you every week and I don't know if I can stand one more episode. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, please don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe hold those comments. (laughs) All right. So Today is an interview that just I did just with schedules and stuff, and we're going to be talking to Simonetta Carr. And I didn't say this in the episode, but she's actually from Italy, so you'll notice her accent. And I recorded it already, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'm going to be real honest here. I I had tears streaming down my face through some mm. of this interview. And her book is so good. And you know, please go buy it. It'll, it'll be coming out February 1st and it's published by PNR Presbyterian and Reformed. And she is just so transparent in the book. And I know what it's like to have your child go through mental illness. And she's gone through so much more and a much more difficult situation than I have. But this book, because of what I've been through with my son was I, I cried through half of it. I did. I had to keep putting it down because I just not not just not because it's a sad book, but because I could relate to much of what she mm-hmm. said. And she's got scripture throughout the book and ways the Lord worked in her life and things that encouraged her. And those things uh, just touched me so much. And so, you know, it's, it's really a cool. gift um, to come across another member of the body who can really relate to you and really kind of be in it with you. And you, you can feel that connection right away that they've been through what I've been through. And so I'm really excited to hear um, what you guys are going to talk about, Colleen. And, and I would also say one thing uh, she talks about in the interview, and, and I just want to reiterate it right here, is don't think that this book is only for you if you have a child who's gone through mental illness. Mm. And... Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, her son, her son um, does die, and uh, and it's kind of in the middle of the book. It's not kind of the end of the story, and I appreciated that. She talks about more, a lot more after that point, but it's not just for the person who has someone in their life that's dealt with mental illness. One of the things that I have really noticed through the years is that mental illness is something that we don't talk about a lot in the church. I think maybe we're uncomfortable talking about it. I think yeah. that some circles see mental illness as only a spiritual thing and don't recognize that it can be a physical thing, that mm-hmm. your mind is sick, just like your body can be sick. Yeah. And I think that this this book is important because it brings up the topic of mental illness, but I also think it brings encouragement to anyone who has suffered. And there's not a person Mm. listening to me right now who hasn't suffered at some point in their lives. Yeah. I'm excited for readers to read this book who maybe haven't dealt dealt with mental illness. Um, I have personally um, experienced mental illness of some close family members and 
Um, that is one thing that I really, it's, it can be a very isolating experience. And um, that is one thing that I really always wished for was that people who weren't going through it could somehow understand and could somehow kind of get a window into what it's like and the pain um, involved in that and, and what kind of support people need. So um, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. And you, the other thing is you don't know if someone will come into your life that is struggling with something like this. And I, one thing she talks about is that once she did start talking about it at church, people were coming and saying, oh yes, I've got a family member or a child or a grandchild or someone that I, a friend Mm -hmm. that has um, dealt with schizophrenia or some other mental illness. And she realized, wow, all of these people are dealing with this. And it maybe points to the fact that we don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I haven't yeah. talked about it a lot. Yeah. And so there's maybe people that are dealing with this, even in your own church, that you just don't even know that they're dealing with it. Mm, that's that's definitely true. Well, I'm. we're going to go ahead and go to the interview with Simonetta. And um, I just go buy this book. Please do. <laughs> We are here with Simonetta Carr about her new book, Broken Pieces. And it's we're releasing this on Monday, but the book will be coming out on February 1st and it's published by PNR. And I'm assuming it'll probably be on other websites where books are sold too. Simonetta, for those not that haven't read anything by you before. Um, you've written some other books also, right? Yeah, I mostly wrote books for children. I have a series with um, Reformation Heritage books. Uh, it's called Christian Biographies for Young Readers. And I think we have 13 books out so far in the same series. Um, so that's my main my main series. And I wrote a couple of other books, one for Young, um, young girls for uh, PNR, and uh, one for Evangelical Press, and I, I have a couple of other books for uh, Chicago Review Press. So mostly for children. Yeah, I know um, one of the gals in our one of our theology gals group admins has read uh, some of your books. So, can you just maybe start by telling us what? Broken Pieces is about? Well, it's about my experience with one of my sons who lived with schizophrenia for three or four years. And the Lord finally took him to himself, but I learned a lot in the meantime. So it, uh, the first part, it just uh, chronicles my experience, uh, what happened. And then the second part, I have... Uh, included some of the things I've learned about. I also interviewed um, professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, and also uh, mothers and uh, uh, people with schizophrenia, just different different people, pastors, and I collected that input. You probably had a lot to learn, I'm guessing, when your son was diagnosed. Yeah, I didn't know anything. <laughs> so uh, that's another reason I think this book will be important because when I 
was told that my son had schizophrenia, I had to start from uh, <laughs> for square one. I, I absolutely knew nothing about the illness or about uh, the therapy or anything else. Yeah, I don't know if this is your experience, but in my experience, um, sometimes these things aren't talked about a lot in the church. Yeah, I think so. Can you tell me kind of some of your goals with writing this book or why you thought it was important to tell this story so that others could read it? Yeah, um, I think what I just said was one reason to, to give people a tool and something where they could uh, get some information without starting completely from from uh, square one. And also this is uh, written from a Christian point of view. So um, there's a lot, I have a lot of questions in the books. I don't know if I have that many answers, but at least I ask a lot of questions from a Christian point of view and, and see how a Christian can face some of the challenges that go along with this illness and probably other mental illnesses. I know that you, because you say in the book that you you did a lot of reading about yeah. <laughs> about this, and were is there? I mean, it's not something that I've really gone and looked out, um, look out there to see what's out there. Is there many Christian books that talk about this? Uh, I didn't find any, and and I'm sure there are. And you know, I, if I say I didn't find any, that doesn't mean much. But uh, I didn't find any specifically about schizophrenia, and I found some on quite a bit on depression, and then there's a few on mental illness in general. But I think it's important to have one on schizophrenia. First of all, it's more common than we realize. And also, sometimes the word schizophrenia is used more like an umbrella to cover a lot of other illnesses. Uh, by uh, psychiatrists, many times they just say schizophrenia, uh, but it could be just uh, schizoaffective disorder or uh, or even a temporary psychosis. And um, all those are related, and I think the book can help people with um, those variances too. I really just want to talk briefly about how this book can be beneficial to people because there's only going to be a percentage of people who have someone in their life with schizophrenia. Or, I, I mean, I'll say that for me, this book was very helpful and encouraging because I have a son with bipolar. So not the same thing, but just thinking in terms of mental illness in general. But I also thought that this brought up so much in regards to suffering, you know, in general, and all of us as Christians suffer. Mm -hmm. So how is this, how is this book going to be helpful just for the average Christian? Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, like you said, the, it can be helpful uh, to people who live with other kinds of uh, mental illness or the people who care for them. Um, especially when it involves psychosis, when it involves uh, um, something that we don't fully understand, because I think those are the things that scare us the most in mental illness. 
uh, when we don't feel like we absolutely have no control about what's happening. And then also, I think, even if a person may not know someone with uh, schizophrenia or, uh, or any serious mental illness, um, it's always good to know because, first of all, you never know what, what may happen in your own family, like, as I found out. But also, um, just to equip you to help others in the church. Because when I came out and I told people about my son's condition, all of a sudden I found there were so many people that had similar experiences in their families, whether it was their mother, their sister, their cousin, their, or their son, grandson. And um, I just didn't even know that these people were suffering too. Yeah, I I can tell you just from my experience, it's it's hard to talk about. Um, right. You know, I have a hard time sometimes talking about those things really personal anyways, but especially I think because in the church it's, Sometimes there's not a lot of understanding and there's just other emotions when your child has mm -hmm. a mental illness, yeah. a lot that you go through. Well, why don't you just talk about what schizophrenia is? Because I think that a lot of people don't really understand what it is. Right. I think that's, uh, that's actually a problem when people don't know. Um, well, I'll, I'll start by saying what it's not. <laughs> it's not a split personality disorder, as many people think. Also, it does not generally cause people to become violent and dangerous. And that, I think that's important to say because we have many, many stereotypes that depict people with schizophrenia as dangerous. And that's very rare. Um, they, if, if they're um, a danger at all. Usually they're in danger to hurt themselves. It's very rare that they hurt other people. Um, and then uh, um, as for what it is, um, normally they, they describe it as uh, having what they call positive and negative symptoms, which, you know, those words don't mean what we think they mean. Uh, so the positive symptoms are hallucinations, um, difficulty to uh, explain what's real and not real, um, delusions, paranoia, disorganized speech, those are all considered positive in the sense that they're actually doing something, it's, it's, it's a manifestation. And then negative symptoms are um, poverty of speech, uh, decrease of emotional expression, lack of interest in life, so that people tend to be closed up. And they, um, I think that the lack of expression is very interesting because sometimes they look like they don't feel anything. And um, it's, it's odd. Yeah, I, I think it's very difficult for a person who has to live with them, initially at least, because they feel that they don't, express any love or they don't express any remorse or anything <laughs> but in reality that's not the case well and your son even did some writing where he yes. did express stuff i saw um i can't remember where you posted it but even somebody took some lyrics that he wrote and set them to music right yes well i actually asked the person to do it because um that poem meant so much to me. He, 
I found this poem my son wrote, and he wrote it apparently two weeks before he died. And yeah, he had written poems before, but I was just never sure. I think I'm, I have a, a friend, uh, my ex-pastor's wife, she used to say that parents um, are uh, uh, fruit examiners or something. We like to examine fruits in our children. Right. Yeah, and I think it's true. Like we want a proof that our children are uh, believers and sometimes they're not conforming to our standards of what we think of a believer <laughs> should be. And, and it's especially so with schizophrenia, like I said, because they don't express themselves that much. And, and again, I'm making a generalization. It might not be the same in every case, but at least with my son. And, and I was always wishing for more and then after he died i was initially i was wondering is he really in heaven and the lord has been so good to me because i i found that poem a couple of weeks after he died and uh, that poem was so clear in his faith in uh, in christ and um and so the title of the book is taken from the poem and then also I asked um, a friend of mine if he wanted to put into music, and he did. And then somebody else did a video, so it was very encouraging to me. Yeah, and I can even link that in the episode notes if other people okay. need to see that. Okay. Um, you know, I one thing I appreciated so much about your story is you did talk about the church a lot and how things, you know, your pastor playing chess with your yes. son in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. And I I think your church really did so much to come alongside you. And yeah. um, what are ways that the church can help people that um, whether it's parents of a child with mental illness or, or even people with mental illness? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, it would be good for pastors and congregations to study some books on mental illness maybe i i heard of some churches where they did that they they had a book club and they read something about the subject i think that would always it's always a good idea because then it it kind of uh, uh takes away some of the stigma um and then just having an overall loving and encouraging environment, making sure everybody feels included, even people who may seem strange. Because sometimes you don't know. You don't know if somebody has a mental illness. Like you said, many times people don't want to talk about it, but you may notice that a person is quiet and shy, and and you don't know. And it's always good to try to get everybody to feel included and loved. Yeah, and. And you know what? Um, scripture talks about the fact that we are going to suffer as believers. Yeah. And whether it's um, mental illness or losing a child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are helpful things regardless of the situation because yeah. we probably have people sitting next to us in church that may be suffering and we don't even know it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you have scripture throughout the book. And mm-hmm. even talked about the the first question and answer from the Heidelberg Catechism, which yeah. such an encouragement to me. We've talked about that on the podcast before, but 
talk about how the Lord has worked in your life through this situation? Well, when my son was first diagnosed, my pastor told me it would be for my sanctification. And I really didn't like the sound of that. Um, I, I felt like, it, and, um, one, one of the things I felt is that uh, um, I didn't know why God had to go this far just to get through my thick skull. <laughs> but then, you know, I know this experience changed me a lot. Uh, I, I see people differently now. I have acquired a, like a deeper sense of God's sovereignty. Um, one thing which is kind of unusual, but I mentioned in my book, after my son died, um, I felt more convinced than ever of God's love for me. And this is very counterintuitive. So I know that God was working in my heart. And I think this is something that I want to... Um, emphasize that sometimes you know we try to to become better or or especially i think as parents we want our kids to improve and so we try to be the holy spirit for them but the holy spirit really works in people's hearts and the fact that at the end of, of this i was left with a deeper conviction of god's love to me was a uh, an absolute sign that God is working in my heart and and I'm absolutely grateful for that. You you know what? I I've actually shared this before um mm-hmm. but I'll I'll mention it again. My son has bipolar and but he's he's actually come out as an atheist, but mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that the Lord really um taught me and I was even convicted of is I really felt I think, even though I wouldn't have said this right out, I think somewhere in my mind, I thought that my children's salvation was up to me. Yeah. So if I did everything right, then like you were talking about, like we think we're the Holy Spirit, same exact thing. And I just found so much comfort and peace in remembering that it's the Lord that works. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and I, I can't say that I did anything really to help my sons to um to you know to help his faith um i mean i did what i could i I encouraged him to go to church and everything but i don't think it's anything i did i I really saw the lord the work in his heart and sometimes i didn't sometimes it was I, i i didn't know what was going on and i can say the same for some other one some others of my kids and um yeah i think it, it just the lord he he does it and another thing i learned is uh, with the mental illness schizophrenia in particular um sometimes it seems like you don't get through to them for dif- different reasons like i was saying sometimes they're not responsive so you don't know what they're thinking sometimes if they're not taking medications their mind is so confused in the beginning, I was wondering, can he even understand the gospel? And then some people encouraged me, and they told me, yes, you know, the Lord works in their in their uh, hearts and their minds too, whether they can really um, express it or not. We don't know what the Lord does in their minds and in their hearts. It's something mysterious that goes on inside. 
So that was very encouraging to me. Yeah, and I appreciate that you mentioned God's sovereignty because Mm -hmm. there, you know, I have um, a family member going through a really difficult time right now, and and he had shared with me, you know, if I didn't understand that God was sovereign, it would be so much more difficult. And there really is comfort, even when we go through things that we don't like to go through. We can trust that God is sovereign, that he's mm-hmm. using all things for our good. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't look the way that we'd like it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to mention something because you mentioned the medication. And mm-hmm. I know this has been my experience, and you talk about this in the book, too, is mm-hmm. sometimes people with mental illness don't want to take the medication. Yes. Yes, that's true. Sometimes they don't think they have a problem. And uh, there could be other reasons too. Sometimes they think they can manage on their own and they try other things. Um, Yeah, so my son went through a lot of the same things and I've seen it in other people too. Um, The thing is when they take them, it really helps. So I'm... You know, I'm encouraging people to take them if possible, if if uh, if the person can can get there because uh, they do help. Yeah, and and I've seen that same thing too, but it's it's so difficult when it's your child too oh, yeah. because you want them to do what you I know. know is going to be best for them, but you mm-hmm. they reach a certain age and you can't force them to. And oh, yeah. oh it's it's very difficult as a mom. You know, we have actually women that have even contacted me um, that their children have various mental illnesses. Can you offer some encouragement to a parent who is going through um, walking alongside a child with mental illness? Mm. Well, yeah, first of all, the same what you said, you know, to, to remember that God is sovereign and also, to, to try to remember who God really is, I think that helped me a lot. If um, in, I, I had a good church, I heard the gospel every weekend. And just knowing that God is loving and good, that helps when you know he's sovereign. Because then, you know, you don't want a sovereign God who is cruel. <laughs> but we know our God is loving and, and wise and just and and, uh, and good. So that's very encouraging. And um, also another thing is that no two cases are alike. So uh, one thing I learned is that not to go by what people say because uh, for a while, I was just following anything. I followed the last book I read or, or the last person I talked to and and came to a point when I said, no, I have to wait and, and really pray and, and I ask God for wisdom and then to see what was the best for my son specifically. It's not always easy, but I think once you, you focus on that, that helps a lot rather than just trying to follow a book or, or a person, even a psychiatrist. It depends, you know. Most of the time, yes, their their advice is good, but I've had times when I um, decided to do something different. 
Um, so that's, yeah, two, no two cases are alike. And then the, the last thing, just to be encouraged because, you know, um, my son died, of course, but later I had the opportunity to help another young man with a similar struggle. And this time the outcome seems to be very different. So there is a lot of hope for people with uh, schizophrenia or other mental illnesses. And it is in God's hands. And I think we need to just keep the hope up, you know, not uh, not feel completely defeated. And I know it, it's very easy to feel defeated. I felt yeah. a lot. But yeah, just to remember that, that God is in control and he's loving and he, he does all things well. I don't have it in front of me, but there's a verse in Corinthians that talks about one of the reasons we suffer is so yes. that we may comfort others who suffer. Yes. And yeah. um, and I think you've seen that. Yes, yes. And, and even with this book, I think, um, will bring some encouragement. And, and I just want to say, even if you don't have anyone in your life with a mental illness and uh, or you don't have children with mental illness, I'm still going to encourage you to read this book. I, I very much enjoyed it. Just I learned a lot. Even, even though I have a child with mental illness, I really learned a lot. And I was just encouraged just about um, suffering in general and, and looking at the comfort that we have in Christ when we go through all sorts of things. So thank you so much, Simonetta, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs>